This is Scott Archer, pastor of Central Congregational Church in La Mesa, California. Thank you so much for tuning into our Sunday service podcast, CCC Sunday Messages. I hope you find the messages both challenging and encouraging as you seek to know and follow Jesus in your daily life. If you live in or ever happen to visit the San Diego area, we would love to have you join us for worship and fellowship. For location, service times, and other information about our church, please visit our website at cccLamesa.com. CCC is a small but passionate intergenerational church working together for the glory of God and the good of our neighbors near and far. Well, I want to invite you to uh, grab your Bible or your tablet. Um, there's no notes this morning, no version notes. I apologize. I feel like I've had to, uh, God's just been calling me to respond to the situation a little more in the moment. Uh, so grab your Bible, um, turn to two places with me, uh, and put your finger in one or the other. Turn to Luke chapter 4 and to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, those are the two places we're going to look for a few minutes uh, together before we share in communion. Uh, but before we do that, uh, in the midst of the, the, the violence, in the midst of the, the protests and the, the, the gen, genuine grievances that are, uh, we're dealing with in the midst of our own confusion and all of this, uh, I just wanted to give you a report that I, Rhonda and I and a few other folks from our church family uh, were able to be a part of um, a very uh, beautiful moment uh, a few nights ago when the uh, Christ Lutheran Church, uh, just across from the Vaughn Shopping Center that was all looted, um, they led a prayer vigil, and uh, we met there uh, with a few folks from our church, people from that church, obviously, and other churches. The mayor was there. Um, we all gathered together there. Uh, we began with a song and a prayer in their parking lot, and then we walked down and sang a hymn while we walked. We walked to the Vaughn Shopping Center, um, and there we paused, and we read scripture, and we did a directed uh, sort of a response of prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of confession, um, just really powerful. Then we uh, walked from there over by the uh, government center, sang a hymn as we did that, stopped again, read more scripture, uh, prayed some more prayers. Then we finally walked from there to the backside of the Chase Bank that was burned and uh, concluded our time there. Uh, I just have to tell you that in the midst of everything that's gone on, that was a beautiful, powerful time. And so... Uh, I want to just challenge us in the midst of everything you see going on and however you view that right now, God is at work. Um, the other thing I want to share about that is that um, already before this happened, when we, ha were, when we had in entered into the COVID-19 isolation or, or a quarantine, uh, I had just begun to, uh, we, we had a, uh, an initial meeting with several pastors from the uh, here in La Mesa, in the larger La Mesa community, not just the village. Um, and, it, and I've been the pastor now here for seven years, and this is the first time that I'd ever been with all these men and women uh, at the same time. And it's unfortunate that it took a pandemic and now all of this uh, upheaval for this to happen. But I've been on a couple Zoom meetings with all these brothers and sisters now, and I want to say again, God is at work. Uh, we have had some powerful, beautiful times together, praying together, listening to each other, trying to think about how we can uh, help our congregations uh, navigate this time and what we could do together to be a source of blessing and a source of peace and healing during this time. So uh, I just want to say all that to say in the midst of everything else you see going on, don't give up hope, uh, keep praying, keep believing, and, and keep asking the Lord to uh, show you 
how he's calling you to respond uh, in this time. And that's a little bit what we're going to talk about. So um, I want to start uh, this morning in, a, a not, not that chapter, in a, where'd it go? In Luke, uh, there it is. I want to start in Luke chapter 4. And um, I want to talk about what I call the Jesus Manifesto. Uh, some of you that are older, when you were in college or whatever, you might have been, um, you might have had to read the Communist Manifesto or some other manifesto. And I don't know the exact definition of that word, but I know it's a document, usually not a real long document, uh, that basically lays out the goals and the principles of a given movement. Um, it, to, to manifest means to unveil, to make clear, to, de to describe, and that's, uh, that's what those things do. And in Luke chapter 4, we really have, in a very brief form, the manifesto of Jesus and his ministry and who he saw himself to be and what he believed God had uh, called him to do and to be about. And it's in Luke chapter 4, and it comes right after, in Luke's gospel, right after Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, like we see in the other gospels, driven by the Holy Spirit after his baptism out in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil while he fasted and prayed. And he comes out of that, and uh, we start at Luke chapter 4, verse uh, 14, and it says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He went to church, on, but they went on Saturday then, not Sunday. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. This would have been a common thing for a man of his age, to be one of the people that stood up to read, especially since he, uh, he was becoming recognized. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, and he is, um, excuse me, and he's, he begins to find this place uh, where it is written, uh, these words from, from Isaiah. Verse 18 in Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me, anointed, he has chosen me, he has called me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he begins by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The passage that Jesus chose to read was a very familiar passage to the people that he was speaking to. Uh, and so it wasn't anything revolutionary as he was reading. But then when he rolled that scroll back up and he sat down and said, today this, this uh, is fulfilled in your hearing, would have been incredibly mind-blowing and even scandalous. How could you say that? What does that mean? But basically, Jesus uh, is saying... I am this anointed one. I am the one that has come, uh, that has come from God, and we believe that is God in the flesh to begin to fully and finally work out the purposes of God in this world. Now, I grew up in a setting. Um, I grew up in a setting, in as a, a, a church setting, a theological setting. Uh, when we read this passage, and I remember it being read many times, uh, when we read this passage. Uh, we really had a tendency to do two things, to spiritualize it 
and to individualize it, if that's a word, individualize. I might have just made that up. When he talks about that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, we would tend to think of, well, people that are poor in spirit, which we're going to talk about in just a minute from Matthew 5. Uh, when he talks about um, to proclaim freedom from the prisoners, uh, we would talk about spiritual bondage and prisoner being prisoners to sin, uh, which, of course, that's part of it. Um, when it uh, talks about recovery of sight to the blind, we talk about spiritual blindness uh, and then to set the, the oppressed free. We talked, it, it was all spiritualized, uh, spiritual prison, spiritual blindness, spiritual oppression. All of those things are true. And Jesus came to set us free from all of those things within us that imprison us and make it, us blind and oppressed. But we can look at the ministry of Jesus moving forward and the ministry of his people throughout history and also need to understand that Jesus came to be about these things in the real world on the ground. To really make sure that the, that, that the message of Jesus was truly good news to the actual physical poor. To the people on the margins. To, um, to proclaim freedom to real prisoners. Um, and in whatever way they might find themselves. And when he says freedom to prisoners, uh, that's not. we don't need to think about that like as a get out of jail free card right now. It's talking about addressing people that are oppressed, that are in positions of, of oppression and prison and things in a, in a way that they do not deserve. So, so we have to be careful that we don't spiritualize these things and think it's all just in our head and our hearts that Jesus came to do this. The other thing um, the, the, the tradition I was raised in had a tendency to do, and I'm not, it, not completely, was to, to individualize it and just make it about me and my relationship with the Lord, that Jesus came to set me free from my internal prisons and my oppression, and to not talk enough about that this is all about community. Uh, it's all about being good news to the poor so that those poor are no longer on the margins. They are no longer oppressed. They are no longer wrongfully imprisoned and all those things, but they are brought into the community by those who have the ability to do that, and specifically by those that are filled with the Spirit of God, uh, Spirit of Jesus Christ. And I think that's such an important word for us right now. Now is not a time to hunker down within ourselves and think about just me and Jesus and just hope that we survive this time of unrest. Now is a time to look around and to see what's going on, to look at the protests in the street, to hear the anger, to hear the to hear the uh, dialogue, whatever's going on, and to, to try to hear through that, um, the, uh, open our hearts up to the spirit of Jesus in the midst of that, and hear his words that in this kind of a setting, he has come to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and always, and maybe we need to see ourselves, if we've been part of the privileged class, maybe we're the ones that are blind, to what's really going on and right now is a time we need to Jesus to we need Jesus to put salve in our eyes and to heal us so that we can see in a new way. This is the manifesto of Jesus. This is why he came. And if we are not about those things internally and for ourselves, but even I think more importantly externally and about the world around us, then we are not following in the way of Jesus Christ. Another very familiar passage of scripture that's uh, another part, I think, of the manifesto of Jesus and sort of the value, sort of sets the values of, of, uh, 
of Jesus is uh, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And for those of you that are part of church for a long time and read your Bibles, obviously this is an incredibly well-known passage, but I think it's important that we pause for a moment. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, We pause for a moment and uh, look at it again. Jesus calls his disciples to himself, goes up on a hill, and then others gather around, and he's sort of recreating the situation of Moses going up to the hill to receive the Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, he came down with these stone tablets. Here Jesus is, is calling in his followers to him on a mountain, and he's giving new commandments and a new, uh, a new understanding to the pur- purposes of God. And he says, we're not going to read all of it, but we're going to read several verses here. He begins by saying this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, or blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, that's not weak, meek, uh, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of, uh, of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Catch this, because of me, Jesus speaking about himself. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way, They persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 13, you, speaking of his followers, speaking to you and me today, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, you and me, right now, today, in the year 2020, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, Can I just implore us today, after this is over and throughout this week, just to sit in these passages, Luke chapter 4, verse 14, uh, Matthew chapter 4, uh, five and as far five, six, and seven is the whole Sermon on the Mount, but maybe just this chapter, beginning of chapter five, and let the Spirit of Jesus Christ and this manifesto, this this um, clarification of who He is and what He's about, just permeate our lives, our hearts, our minds, our understanding, and become the the guide and the motivator uh, for how we move out and how we speak and act uh, in these tenuous times. But I would say the same thing about this passage that I said about the passage in Luke. We have a tendency, if we're not careful, to spiritualize it and individualize it. There's a spiritual, obviously it's spiritual and it's for us as individuals. Talking about um, being poor in spirit and, 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 uh, and and every part being a mourning and all those things. We can talk about those things in our own personal lives. But this passage that Jesus is talking about as he's speaking to his disciples and getting ready in the near future to send them out as his witnesses to the whole world, this is about their life in the world, in the actual real world, and and how we enter in to the presence and the purposes of God through Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit. 
And it begins, it says, blessed, or and happy is too cheap of a word. Um, we, we, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We enter into the blessing, the presence, the sense of God, his, his comfort, his, his uh, care, and his, yeah, all that he's about. Uh, when, we, when we recognize our spiritual poverty, not to, and, and this isn't so much, I don't uh, think this is talking right here about so much about uh, physical poverty. But we recognize our brokenness. We recognize our need. Uh, I have to say right now, I'm in, as much as I'm trying to listen and learn through this time, on both sides of the issues, I'm hearing so much self-righteousness, so much of people thinking they're the ones sitting on the hill that have all the understanding and speaking down to everybody else. We need all of us to recognize our brokenness, our spiritual poverty, and our need to be renewed and redeemed uh, by God through Jesus Christ. Our mind, uh, our intellect, our hearts, all of that needs to be, we need to be saved from ourselves uh, and renewed in Christ so that we can enter into his good purpose. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Brothers and sisters, if we're not mourning during this time, if we are not, um, if we are not, uh, allowing this time to break us and cause us to cry out to God and say, Lord, what's going on and how are you wanting, what are you wanting to do in me and through me in this time? If we're just sort of wanting to sort of bunk, hunker down and hope it all just goes away so we can get back to business as usual, we're going to miss out on the blessing of God because it says, blessed are those who mourn, who are, feel the weight of the heaviness of life. Um, because the way we're feeling right now, and especially if you live in and near the village and you've saw, seen all the destruction and you were close by and, and even heard it, uh, you, we've got to remind ourselves that there are people all around the world this very day that that's, this is their daily reality. And many of those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And many of them had this happen specifically because they were followers of Christ. We need to not be afraid to mourn. We need to not push away from it. Away from it. Uh, Isaiah describes Jesus prophetically as a man uh, who was uh, familiar, a man of sorrows who was familiar with grief. We need to let that work do let that do its work in us at this time. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I just uh, right now, especially because of social media, meekness is non-existent. This idea of strength under control, about the idea of speaking and acting in in uh, in a manner that's truly helpful and comes from a position of humility and a desire uh, to to restore, not from a position of power. And boy, isn't that a huge issue in our situation right now. But Jesus said the meek, those that, that bring all their resources under control and specifically under the control of God, they are the ones that will enter into the peace of God and the purpose of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And again, we tend to personalize that and spiritualize that word. That word, that Greek word translated righteousness could just as easily be justice. Um, the big cry of the, so many across the country right now, and especially our African-American brothers and sisters, is no justice, no peace. Jesus would be right there. That if there's no justice, if there's no real righteous, com justice is righteousness in the community uh, for everybody. We'll never have peace. We'll never have the peace of God and we'll never have peace with one another until we hunger, truly hunger and thirst, not just for our own well-being, for our own self-preservation, for our own comfort, but for justice 
that we hunger and thirst for justice and for righteousness, the, the true justice and righteousness that is what God designed and what he's called us to. Blessed are the merciful, for they will show mercy. They will be shown mercy. You know, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are uh, our debtors. Um, brothers and sisters, in this time, are we, are we demonstrating humility and mercy? Are we being patient with one another? Well, the other thing I see, and uh, my friend brought this to my attention, and, and I thought it was so good that uh, we're trying to learn to listen to each other better, and it seems like we're holding, we're just slamming each other when we don't get it all right now. And he, he, my friend brought up, what if we treated our children like that when they were learning to walk? If they, you know, if they fell down a few times, if we just got on them and beat them and and put them down because they didn't start to just run immediately. Brothers and sisters, let's let's press into the heart of God and let's let's uh, familiarize ourselves with the grace and the mercy we've received in Him, so that we can extend that to others and realize that if we don't extend it to others, we'll lose out. It will stop coming our way. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That we really are seeking God and His purposes, His kingdom, not our own. Um, and that this is a time we should be confessing our sins, our our anger, our, our greed, our lustfulness, our, our complacency, whatever it might be. Just saying, God, purify me so that I can be a clean vessel for your presence and I can see you, I can know you, I can be aware of what you're calling me to. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. To make peace with us, it costs God his son. What might God be calling us to give up, or where might he be calling us to sacrifice for peace? This is not about peacekeeping. That is not, this isn't just about running and hiding, so we're peaceful. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, stepping out, finding those ways God is calling us to be the one to try to make amends, to be the one to speak and act as it's appropriate so that there's true peace and true justice in our communities. And I know these are deep things. I don't have easy answers, but I know if we pray and we seek the Lord, we'll enter in to his blessing and he will guide us. Finally, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And it goes on about that. And we know, Jesus tells us multiple times that if we fall, the more faithfully we follow him, the more more fully we get on board with his manifesto, we're going to face opposition. We're going to face ridicule. We're going to face misunderstanding. And we might even face some kind of physical attack. But it says we're blessed when we do that. We enter into the heart of God in a way we would never know before if we learn to follow the Lord in that way and not be afraid of suffering if it's for the right reason. Not just because we're being rude or stupid or or whatever. Then it goes on to say that you and I, along with the folks that Jesus was originally talking to, are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Brothers and sisters, those of you that are a regular part of Central Congregational Church, or if you're watching this and you're, you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, this is the greatest opportunity the church has had in a generation to stand up and let people know who Jesus really is and what his, what his people are really like. God has banned us from meeting together right now. We can't come and hide just in our comfortable religious rituals. We're having to figure this out on the ground. We're having to learn how to use Zoom. We're having to call each other and pray for each other on the phone. We're having to figure out uh, all of these things. But as much as you might be frustrated, angry, or whatever, I just 
I would implore you to hear the words of Jesus, hear them, the manifesto of Jesus, and press into that and say, God, change my heart, change my mind, help me know what I need to repent of, and, and just get on board with the mission and the purpose of Jesus Christ. We have an incredible opportunity right now to truly be light and salt, to be preservatives, uh, and, to be, uh, and to show a way forward uh, that's not a dichotomy of one way or the other but it's truly a way to peace. We're not going to get it perfect. None of us, we're not, individually, none of us are Jesus. Uh, but I can just tell you, there's men and women of goodwill all across this community and obviously all across the country that are, that are doing this. We're praying, we're fasting, we're seeking God, and we're reaching out across, uh, across uh, divisions maybe that we haven't before. And uh, I was, that's again, I was so blessed to be with these other pastors from all different denominations uh, been, and been working pa with pastors, white pastors, black pastors, Hispanic pastors. Uh, it's happening. And so I want to uh, encourage us in this. This is a challenging time. I don't know where this is all leading, but I know Jesus is with us and he is calling us to follow him uh, and be about his business and not our own and not just hunkering down into our easy opinions or our political platforms. So let's hear the word of the Lord together today, and, um, and we're going to get ready to receive the communion elements. And, um, and I would just invite us to take a few moments uh, to clear our minds and our hearts. Maybe you need to take a moment of confession. Maybe there's some words that have come out of your mouth just recently. Maybe there's some things you've posted online that you're thinking about right now and thinking, man, I'm not sure Jesus, that would reflect Jesus very well. Um, Maybe there's some places you sense God calling you to, to speak and to act. And, you, and just be honest, you're, it's fearful, and I, I get that. Uh, maybe it's to, time to say, Lord, I, forgive me for my fear. Help me lean into you and find the courage I need. So let's, let's just let the Lord, by his Spirit, do some investigation as we get ready to receive these elements. Mm -hmm.